You're listening to the True Torah Jews Podcast. From Brooklyn, I'm Joel Friedman. The nation of France has been rocked by a series of terrorist attacks in recent months, and in the last year, 223 people have lost their lives as victims of terror in France. France, a country with a long and storied Jewish history, boasts the third largest Jewish community in the world, only behind the state of Israel and the United States in terms of population. Due to growing fear of anti-Semitism, thousands of French Jews in recent months have opted to make Aliyah to Israel in an attempt to shield themselves from a world which seems to be spinning out of control. Their immigration is being facilitated in no small part by the Sachnut, or Jewish agency, and others who seem to feel it their duty to empty out the continent of its remaining Jews. However, the relentless campaigning by these groups to bring French Jews to Israel has done nothing to create a more secure environment for them. Precisely the opposite. Official estimates from both countries show that over 10 times the amount of people have been killed in attacks in Israel than in France in the same time span. According to Global Peace Index statistics for 2016, the state of Israel is the 19th most dangerous country in the world. This is especially alarming considering that Israel is listed as more dangerous in places such as Honduras and El Salvador, both of which have the first and second highest homicide rates respectively, and Haiti, a country ranking in the top 10 for corruption. Liberia, home to some of the highest numbers of child soldiers in the world and never considered a stable nation by any stretch, is also ranked as a safer place in Israel. In comparison, France is ranked as the 46th most peaceful country in the world on the list, ahead of both the United Kingdom and the United States. Given the fact that many of these new French immigrants are also placed in communities in Israel's volatile north and south border regions, the Sachnut seems to be very concerned with immigration numbers, but not the safety of their wards. If the dangerous atmosphere would be the only negative factor in considering the move to Israel, maybe, just maybe, a person could find a way to shrug it off and turn the other way. Unfortunately, this is not the case. From 2008 to 2013, Israeli housing prices jumped 55% to buy and 30% to rent. Affordable housing is actually available, and groups such as Nafish Manafish and others who handle and immigration matters are quick to lead arriving Olim, as the immigrants are known in modern Hebrew, to their new homes. The only problem is that oftentimes these new homes are either in Israel's northern border, where sophisticated cosmopolitan Europeans will be neighbors with Hezbollah, or reasonably priced housing can easily be found in the far south of the country, which gives the newcomers a chance to become acquainted with Hamas, which has operations very close by. Even with all of this, the quality of the housing is often not up to the standards that they would usually find in France. Many of the immigrants, a large portion of which are professionals with postgraduate degrees, can also expect to have their degrees and licenses not recognized by the state of Israel. That means a sizable portion of these new arrivals, many of which are in their 40s and 50s, and many of which are doctors, dentists, pharmacists, etc., have had to take jobs doing menial labor upon their arrival to the ultimate safe haven which the Jewish agency promised them. Their Garden of Eden seems to be filled with hard physical labor. One such immigrant, Mrs. Catherine Berda, a pharmacist who owned a successful business in an affluent Paris suburb, recently made Aliyah with her husband and two daughters. She left France because she feared for their future there. But six months after her arrival in the central Israeli city of Renana, she had already quit her first job as a cashier which offered her no room for advancement, and then she quit her second job in a health clinic where she was told to stack boxes in a storage room. She quit because she was unable to lift the boxes. In her own words, quote, At 50, I was told that lifting boxes was basically all I'm good for. That's when I started to feel humiliated. End quote. Mrs. Berdov was told that her pharmacist's license is not valid in Israel and that she must take an exam in Hebrew to grant her an Israeli license. 
Before she can even do this, she has to meet a dizzying array of demands, including producing her attendance log from a pharmacology internship she completed 30 years ago with a French pharmacist who is no longer alive. I'm going to give it another year, Buda said, but it's not going too well. Ynet News recently wrote an article chronicling the difficulties many French Jews making Alia face. They wrote, quote, Until two years ago, David Tibi, 46, was a very in-demand dentist in Paris, so much so that even former Israeli absorption minister Zev Bohm flew to France to entrust his teeth in Tibi's capable hands. But the wheel of fortune has turned, and now Tibi is sitting at home. Not because he made a professional mistake, but because he made a different mistake. Making Alia. End quote. When this article was written, it had marked one year since the attack on the hypercatcher in Paris, after which Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu called on French Jews to make Aliyah, promising to receive them with open arms. As Ynet News writes, miraculously, the health ministry has still not heard of Netanyahu's promise. David and Marcel Atiyah, both veteran dentists, tell their own story. Mr. Atiyah says that, quote, I came to Israel in October to pass the licensing exam. I passed the theoretical test, but failed the practical test. In France, I do a lot of complex things like transplants and surgeries, and here I was disqualified on first-year student material. It seems that in Israel there are either other methods, or they are purposely failing people." End quote. Though David Atiyah gives the benefit of the doubt to the methodology used in dentistry in the Zionist state, considering France's status as an innovator in dental procedures, it makes one wonder what the real reason for Mr. Atiyah's failure in the exam really is. As far as French dentists go, there's a 70% fail rate to the theoretical dentistry test. About 90% fail the practical exam. Dr. Caroline Ohayan, 31, worked as a senior physician in an emergency room and was also a medical instructor. Given the fact that Israel has a severe shortage of emergency physicians, a frightening thought when considering the current level of violence, she was told by the department heads of both Soroka Medical Center and Sheba Medical Center in Tel Hashamad that they would be glad to have her. But the Israeli government, the same which offered to welcome her with open arms, took over four months to recognize her medical diploma and then asked her to do her residency again. Dr. Ohayan was simply baffled. I do not understand it, she said. Even when they're fortunate enough to find work, the wages are generally stagnant for those not born into the Israeli system. And given the cost of living in the Zionist state, such wages can hardly be expected to cover the daily expenses of the average family. One Israeli explained it to me like this. Israel's third world wages and Manhattan prices. However, oftentimes the greatest obstacle for these newcomers is the language barrier. According to many leading linguists, in the best circumstances, a child immigre, who could be expected to pick up a new language much more easily than an adult, will need two full years before they can say that they're comfortable with the new language. Many adults report having severe problems acclimating to a language and culture known for their aggressiveness and harshness. The prominent French newspaper Le Monde, when speaking of the difficulties facing French immigres, wrote, quote, It is a country at war, a harsh country where tensions are extreme, where the forces of life and death are very present, where social inequality is high, where everything is more intense. They believe that they are arriving in a country with a European culture, and one is accustomed to the French welfare state, but we find ourselves in the Middle East, in a very liberal system." End quote. But the knowledge that many French Jews suffer upon their arrival to Israel, both professionally and personally, has not stopped the Jewish agency from instigating a sizable campaign to increase French aliyah. Emissaries from the Sachnut have been touring Jewish communities in France in hopes of increasing their aliyah numbers. Congregants in a synagogue in Lyon reported that an emissary of the Jewish agency, a Mizrahi rabbi under the Israeli governmental rabbinate, gave a speech in their synagogue Shabbos saying that a piece of beach in Tel Aviv is worth more than all the yeshivas in France. This from a man who is ostensibly a religious Jew with a beard and yarmulke, someone who would presumably view religious study with the highest regard, even if it occurs outside of his adopted land. 
Several congregants, including the synagogue's rabbi, accused the emissary of playing with the emotions of the crowd and twisting various Jewish texts to fit his political agenda. Even French MP Mar Habib, himself a major proponent of Aliyah in France, when speaking of the sorry state that many emigrants find themselves in when they arrive and about the condition of French Aliyah in general, stated that, I cannot support a situation which creates tragedies in people's personal lives. With this knowledge, True Torah Jews has embarked on a campaign amongst French Jewry to curb the tide of Aliyah amongst our brethren, giving them the statistics and personal accounts of those who have gone before them. True Torah Jews has begun working on many fronts to ensure that both sides are given equal airtime through social media, circulation of literature, speaking to individuals considering Aliyah, and other avenues. We hope to give French Jews a more accurate picture of what most probably awaits them upon their arrival. Thank God, True Torah Jews has already reached over 100,000 French Jews through social media alone. That's roughly a fourth of all French Jewry worldwide. This campaign is designed to give them the tools to make an informed decision and to let the numbers speak for themselves. France is a stable, democratic country surrounded by allies, whereas the state of Israel is a land in perpetual state of war from within and without, and which tragically has a violent death rate over 10 times higher than France. No country is perfect, but if someone is considering making Aliyah for reasons of safety, the choice seems painfully obvious, unless the facts are being deliberately hidden from or simply not mentioned to these immigrants. Nathan Sharansky, chairman of the Jewish Agency and himself an immigrant from Ukraine, was forced to admit in an interview with Vice News that Israel is not statistically safer than France in a physical sense, but that Aliyah is more about feeling secure and feeling at home. Working with Mr. Sharansky's theory that Aliyah is a way to give immigrants a feeling of safety, then one could very easily say that if a person felt secure in, say, Syria or Afghanistan or even Sharansky's native Ukraine, then it would be worthwhile for him to immigrate to any of these places. Obviously, no one would support such a ludicrous idea, and Nathan Sharansky's comments only belie a painful truth, that these French Jews are only wanted because their coming to Israel adds legitimacy to the Zionist state. They are merely numbers on the Jewish agency's books, bullets to be used in an ongoing PR war. French Jews have a right to hear both sides of the story. Coming back to the Berda family, Mrs. Berda and her husband Michel have frequently found themselves at odds as to whether the decision to make Aliyah was a wise choice or not. The move has put considerable strains on their marriage. Michel Bedal wants the family to return to France, telling his wife, quote, You think you have something to offer here? Israel doesn't want anything from you. End quote. Sadly, he seems to be right. And that's the True Torah Jews podcast. For more information, please visit us at truetorahjews.org. Thank you for listening.